0: Anyways, I'm, I'm honored to share what's coming next uh, in our series, Teach Us How to Pray. That's what we've been in the past couple weeks. I think we have five series, this is the, the third one, so we're halfway there. Um, but this week I'm going to be sharing on, um, so I'm going to be sharing on, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The last few weeks have been so powerful. I don't, I don't know if you, but I've never looked at the Lord's Prayer that way before. Never. I've never. More, it's just been like something you just say when they tell you to say it, and then that's it. But looking at it, breaking it down, when Pastor Laura covered how we should pray from position, right, a position that we are children of God, that he is above us, we worship him, we want his kingdom to come now on earth, and we want to be a part of that. Uh, Pastor Dan last week, right, that he covered how we should pray from provision, that God is our great provider, um, and that with that, we should also have the importance of us providing for others when available. So this week, we're talking about p- praying from pardon. So let's pray. Lord, I I thank you for teaching us how to pray. Lord, I thank you for you giving these words, not for just us to say them in exact order, but Lord, you're giving us these words in order so that we can learn how to pray to you. And so Lord, we, we, we thank you, Father, that you love your children. We thank you that we are loved by you. You're not just this God in heaven that shakes up a bottle once in a while, but you care about us. You have a personal relationship with us. Lord, we want your kingdom to come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for being our provider. You provide all of our needs. You provide everything we need. Lord, we thank you that just even now that just the things that are coming to my head of how much you've done for me and how much I take for granted. Lord, help me share that with others. And Lord, today teach us how to pray for pardon, pray with pardon, that Lord, we need to be forgiven. And Lord, you forgive us as we forgive others. So speak through me today, Lord. Help me get out of the way, Lord. We want your spirit. Speak through me. Give me the grace to step aside. And Lord, would your precious spirit come in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So would you pray the Lord's Prayer with me together? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom of in the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So we're talking about today, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now what I want to point out is I want to kind of break it down. What does those words mean? So we can understand what does that, what does that mean. So to forgive, in the, in the uh, Greek, what the New Testament is written in, it's afami, which I had to practice a lot. Afami, <laughs> which means to let go, to send away... To let be, Um, and it's a verb, so right. So it takes action, it takes work to put into motion. Now the word debts, ophilema, means which is to owe what is justly due. So in other words, when we're praying the first half of this statement to ask God to forgive us our debts, we are asking Him to send away and let go of what is justly due to Him. So okay, well, what is? So then the question we must ask ourselves is, what do we owe God? What do we owe owe God? Well, yes, everything that's good. Well, we're going to break it down. We're going to look at some scriptures. So Romans 6.23, it states this. For the wages of sin is death. Well, maybe some of you are like, well, I don't sin that much. Well, let's go to the next verse, Romans 3.23. It says, for we all fall short of the glory of God. In other words, we've all sinned. We all need forgiveness. We don't deserve to be forgiven. And uh, Paul is talking to the Corinthian people, and he's telling them what they all, all they did wrong. And so I'm going to read it. It's 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, the idolaters, adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, were inherit in Romans, the end of Romans, Romans 1, 29 through 31. He's talking to the Roman people what they have been doing. And they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are filled with envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. I don't know about you, but I've made that list multiple times. I've been on that list multiple times. I have fallen short in so many ways. I'm so desperate in need for God to forgive me, to save me. And it's important to look at that. And you might be asking, why am I sharing everything like that? Why am I sharing all the things we've done wrong? We want to hear all the good things that Jesus does for us. But I think it's so important for us to acknowledge at first our need for Jesus to forgive us. To see our brokenness. See how far from God we are that we need him to forgive us and we learn how to walk in that spirit of forgiveness. You know, I was actually praying that I could use this. So I'm more comfortable with this anyway. I like a mic. There we go. Well, so let's keep going. So where was I at? I got to find over spirit of forgiveness. So so the crazy part is is that though I'm walking and we have to see the importance of how we have sinned and how all these things but the important part is that we remember that Jesus did forgive us. Through that, after you acknowledge, okay, I am broken, I am, I am totally away from God, I should have He should not forgive me. But wages of sin is death. I am so far from God, I, I can't live up to that standard. I've messed up so many times. But then Jesus has saved us. He has made us clean. Because the important part of these scriptures I shared is there's always a second part to that scripture. So let's look at the full scripture Romans six twenty three says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Romans three twenty three 23 24, the next verse if you read it, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Amen. Or even in Corinthians, when I read all the things that those people were doing. And in the next verse, 1 Corinthians six eleven, it says, and some and, the, and, and that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Wow! Wow, some of us, we were those things, but now we're washed, now we're clean. For I am lost, I am broken, I fail again and again. But through my faith in Jesus and through true repentance of my sins, I am made clean in God's sight. Through what Jesus has done for us. By dying on that cross. That's why I love all the songs we sing today. It's always, it was about like redeeming and, and what Jesus did for us on the cross is just a good reminder to be like, we are broken. And, and c- bring on humble. Some of us can be, we can get in the, in the habit of being like, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, you know, but then there's that pride that comes up. But just to remember and humble ourselves, be like, no, we, we were broken. And God saved us. And God is saving us still. When we mess up, He's still, if we repent, He's still coming and telling us to run back to Him. Isaiah 1:18 says this: Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow; though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Your sins are made clean and whole. Thank you, Jesus. So I don't know if you guys uh, knew this, but last week was Yom Kippur uh, for the Jewish people, and what that is, or you can translate it to the Day of Repentance. So I kind of just want to talk about what that meant for the Jewish people back in that time. So it was a day where they would repent for the nation. The high priest would go in and he would make sure he was clean first. And then he would draw lots. There would be two goats. Now these goats were without blemish. They were perfect. No spots. They had to be perfect. And he picked, when he drew lots, about one or two. And he, the one he, they drew, he would go into the Holy of Holies, in the only time of year he could, and sprinkle the blood on the Ark of the Covenant, covenant to be a sacrifice for the sins of the people. Now the other sheep, what they would do is he would lay his hands on the head of that goat, goat, not sheep, goat, and he would lay the hands and he would and he would just start laying the transgressions of the people on on that on that goat and then they would send them out. So they would send the goat out and to leave and not come back um, and they would send it out. So that's kind of what they did and they and that's what they did in the Old Testament and they still celebrate it to this day. Um, but I, I just want to look at that as what does what does that mean for Jesus, right? So it's such a a beautiful symbolism is Jesus, you know, if the book of Hebrews it states he is he's compared to the ultimate high priest. In Hebrews it says he's he can be the ultimate high priest. So on the day he was crucified, the symbol the symbolism there is that he took place of both of those goats. That he walked in, not only was he the high priest, he walked in the Holy of Holies, but he took he he instead of those goats, he was without blemish. He didn't sin, right? So he was perfect. And he walked in and he died and with all of the transgressions laid upon him all of ours all of our sin all of our filth all of our all of the things we do is laid upon jesus and he died right there and so that was the final day of repentance for that's the final day of yom kippur and it's so beautiful to see that how jesus fulfilled all of that through the old testament now he's the fulfillment of that he's the ultimate high priest it is so important. Praise God. I mean, it is so important to see that. That one, we must humble ourselves and admit that we are broken and we have fallen short by our own power. But on the other man, hand, we must walk in, the, walk in the spirit of forgiveness because Christ has made us new. Christ, Christ, Our mistakes have been forgiven, and he is showing us a new way to be human, full of life and full of love. We should wake up every morning with thankfulness for what Jesus has done for us. Now, I, when I wake up, it's hard to do that, but are you we thankful for Jesus this morning? Amen? This morning, are we thankful for Jesus, what he has done for us? We are broken people. We have fallen short. We continue to fall short. Yet, our repentance of our sins and faith in Christ, we are made clean. I'm going to say that multiple times in this sermon because I think we need to hear it. Through repentance of Jesus and, our, and, and faith in him, we are made clean. And I think this is also very important to remember because the next part, of the scripture is very hard to walk out without the acknowledgement of our need for the Messiah and what he did for us. To see how much we need him to forgive our debts, then we can start to walk out forgiving others. So the next part of the scripture is forgive us our debts as as we forgive our debtors. So the second part of the scripture, the word as is very important here. It's a conjunction that, that combines the first half of this statement to the second half. And Jesus is setting up a comparison by the way we give, we forgive, and the way God forgives us. Now, this can be a dangerous prayer. If you really look at it, it can be a very dangerous prayer, because what you're saying is, God, treat me like I treat others in the area of forgiveness. Whew. <laughs> you're pray- you're, we're, we're repeating that, right? You're in your in, like, little church in the, when I'm a kid, and I, they're saying, oh, okay, say the Lord's Prayer. But like, I'm saying that, like, Lord, if I'm not forgiving others, don't forgive me. Ooh, I don't like hearing that that much. That's, that's hard to hear. Now, I'm going to stop for a second. I, I'm not telling you that we have the power to forgive people's sins. Right? I'm not saying that. God is the only person that can forgive sins. Yet he calls us to forgive or let go of people's sin against us. Uh, forgiving others is more about what God he wants to show through in us, our freedom that we have in Christ. We are showing people that we've been transformed by God. We are showing that we don't need revenge for those who hurt us, but instead even love our enemies. Forgiveness is even tied to the word grace. Pastor Dan was pointing this out to me yesterday. He's like, forgiveness is tied to the word grace. And he, I said, i want to put that in. So in other words, we are extending that grace to those around us. We are extending it from a place that we first received that grace. The power when we show forgiveness to others, right, because we're not forgiving their sins, but the power in it is the way we reflect Christ in that moment. We are pointing them back to Christ. Not, showing, not just showing that you forgive them, but that there is a Father in heaven through repentance that will forgive them of what they have done. However, Jesus is telling us here that there is a link between the way we treat people and the way God in heaven is going to treat you. And like I said, we don't really like that. We don't like that. I don't like that. I tend to think it would be good if I could just hate somebody for what they did to me, but still have the blessings of God, still have joy in my life every day, still radiate God's love, right? Right? Still have my prayers answered. That's what I want. I'm I'm fine with that. Like, I just want it separate. I wish that we could just have my relationship with God separate from people. Right? Okay. Relationship with God, relationship with people. Line. (laughs) But that's not how it works. It's together. Then he's saying, no, as. The word as. I forgive. God forgive me as I forgive others. Because it's important. I know for me, there's many times where I catch catch myself falling into this trap. Thinking God, that person believes this, or he they said that to me, or they support that political view and was really mean when I was talking about mine, and blah blah. blah you name it, all these things that you have these offenses against that person. Yet we're calling we're called to extend grace to them, and not hold bitterness to them. Now this is easier said than done, but it doesn't come out of our own will. It comes from a place of thankfulness for what God has done for us and us in humility, saying we're also broken. We're also broken people. That God forgave our brokenness so that through that spirit of forgiveness, we can then forgive others. So what does it really mean to forgive somebody then? What what does it really mean? Well, first I want to talk a little bit more about forgiveness found in Christ versus the forgiveness that the world shows us. So when I was studying for this passage, I found this chart of it stating what forgiveness is not and what forgiveness is. I just want to read that because I think it's so powerful. Because forgiveness is not a feeling. Is a choice. It's an act of one's will. It's not a feeling. You don't have to feel it. It's a choice. And because it, it, it's hard, because most of the time you're not going to feel like you want to in the moment. You're like, well, I don't want to forgive this person, uh, but it's a choice. Forgiveness is not based on what's fair. What it's based off of is a truth that God through Christ has forgiven us. It's not what's fair. It's based off what God, through Christ, has forgiven us. Ephesians 4.32, it says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other, just as in in Christ God forgave you. Forgiveness is not natural. It's supernatural. It's not natural. It's It's not just something you can just say, I forgive. It's a supernatural process to actually, truly get yourself to forgive somebody. Forgiveness is not just a grit-your-teeth response. Well, I know I have to, so I'm going to forgive them. It's spirit-empowered. It's a spirit-empowered action. Forgiveness is not mind over matter. But it comes from a renewed mind that we find in Christ. Forgiveness is not conditional. It's unconditional in every circumstance. I watched this video. I was going to show up, but I chose not to. Um, But it was was a news video of... um, This woman who had to confront her son's murderer in court, and it was right on the news. And you know what she did? Instead of, and there's so many videos of them like the person attacks them, or but she goes, "I pray for you, because I know that what you're doing is coming from a hurt, and I'm praying that the Lord speaks to you." And this is the this is the guy who just killed her daughter. It's unconditional. And if any situation that's the most fair or justly, I'd be like, yeah, I would like go ahead, don't forgive on that one. But it's unconditional. Uh, it comes. It's not just from your lips. Forgiveness is not just from your lips saying "I forgive you." It comes from a new heart that Jesus offers you. It's a heart change. It's when God. It's when Jesus says, "Okay, you want to forgive that person? Let me change your heart." Don't just say, "Okay, I forgive you," but nothing changes in your heart about that person. You need, there needs to be a change. And lastly, uh, it's not usually a one-time thing. And I, have I have I, I've totally seen this where I'm like, "Oh, I forgive that person before." But it's daily, because like I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, that person. I remember what they said. I forgave them yesterday, and I, my spirit was changed. But ooh, today, it's often a process, right? Well, you know, Matthew 18:21 through 22 says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brothers or sisters who sin against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. It's a lot of times. <laughs> And he's not saying that's the amount, so don't go back. Okay, I apologize to them 77 times, checking off each day you did it. All right, I'm good. What he's saying here is that it might have to be a continual thing, but it's unconditional. We do it because of our, what Jesus has done for us and, and how he's changed and transformed our lives. So forgiveness is something daily that we need to check our hearts for and walk out with the help of the Holy Spirit, not our own will. If you're walking that, trying to walk it out by your own will and trying to just do it because it's the right thing to do, it's going to be really hard. It's by the help of the Holy Spirit saying, Jesus, I need you to change, transform my heart in this area. I need you to help me. So now that we know what true forgiveness is, how do we, why don't we have a look at what, um, what, what it means to truly forgive a person. How do you know if you have forgiven that person? Well, I was also studying this, and somebody was writing these nine points, and I was like, oh, these are so good too. <laughs> and we know we've forgiven them when, one, we face what they did, but yet forgive them anyways. So let me say that again. We face what they did, but forgive them anyways. Because I don't think Jesus is, is telling us here, don't feel hurt over it. When someone wrongs, you just get over it. Like, let it go. Don't even feel that feeling. No, acknowledge that you're hurt. Right? I'm hurt. That really hurt me. But what's important is that you face that hurt that that person's done to you. And through that process, let Jesus give you the ability to turn that into forgiveness. Number two, don't keep bringing it up to them. And I don't know, I have, I have, you have those friends in your life that, you know, you're with and they're, they're like, oh yeah, I forgive you, it's something you messed up a long time ago, but every time you're with them, they always bring it up again and again and again. And that might be some of you, some of you might, might be doing that to somebody. But if, does that really show that you've really forgiven them in your heart? or well, you're still bringing it up, it's still bothering you, it's still affecting you. Three, don't talk, don't talk about, don't talk about it to others. Don't gossip. If you're gossiping, does that really show that you've forgiven that person? Number four, show mercy instead of judgment. Just like God has shown us. Just like God has shown mercy instead of judgment. And we're, it's not our job to judge. You know, I read, we read at the end of Romans we were talking about all those things they were doing. Well, if you go to the second chapter of Romans at the very top, it says, you can't, don't judge because that, you were them too. Like, why are you judging? We were broken as well. Just because they're doing that doesn't give you the right to judge them. We show mercy. That's what we're called to do. God is the only one who can judge. And five, you refuse to speak evil of others. Instead, we, we would speak encouragement and life-giving things about those people. Six, how you know when you've forgiven them is when you choose not to dwell on it. Now, this doesn't mean you don't think about it, right? Because it might come up We'd be like, oh, man, that really did bother me. I know I forgave them, but it's really still bothering me. But that's okay, but don't dwell on it. In, in those times, instead, spend your time in the Word. Spend your time in prayer. Let Jesus be the thing you dwell on in those moments. Seven, Woo. this is the hard one. Ask God to bless them. So this is funny because when we were praying for Trump, I was thinking, man, the, the people who might be hearing this or watching this who really don't like him, that, wow, it's really hard to pray and bless him. It's really hard. But the, and you got to be like, well, I don't have to bless him. That's not what it says. Well, Romans 12, 14, I don't think I have this in the slide because I added it later, but he says, uh, he says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Who persecute you. Bless those who, who, who just, everyone, you bless them. And I was thinking about, you know, that song like, Lord bless you and keep you. When you're singing that song, I guarantee you're only thinking about the people you like. (laughs) You're, right? You're not thinking about the people that you're like, oh man, I really don't, don't like you, but Lord bless you. (laughs) Right? You're only thinking about those people you really like. Um, but the Lord is calling us to bless even those that it's hard. Then when it's hard. Eight, you know, when you're getting, when you're, Learn to forgive when you don't rejoice in their suffering. Now, I, for me, I mean, this is a silly example, but I, when I played baseball in high school, you know, I was more of a quiet one. I, you know, I didn't really uh, get into much of the, with the team or anything, because a lot of the baseball players, and those of you who might know baseball players, some of them can be pretty cocky and full of themselves. You have to be very confident at this sport, right? So if you're very confident, usually that means success. Um, but you can be like, oh, my goodness, I don't like these guys. Like, I really don't. They're just talking about women in a demeaning way. I can't stand with being with them. They're just terrible. And whenever they struck out, I would just love it. Be like, ha, you struck out. You deserve that. <laughs> right? And I was, this is in my heart. And I was like, it's hey, a silly example, but I'm rejoicing in their suffering. I'm bitter towards them and what they're doing. And I don't like it. But instead, I should be like, okay, well, help you have the best. And, you know, I, instead, of, instead of that, I should be saying, you know, I, wanna, I want them to meet Jesus. I want what's best for their life. I don't care what they're doing or if I disagree with what they say or they're just really mean people. I want what's best for their life. I want them to meet Jesus. I want the best for them. Right? And lastly, what it leads to this one, which is a very hard one as well, you pray for them. You pray for them. Matthew five forty three through 48, it says this, You have heard that it says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He caused the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore your heavenly Father is perfect. So point am for a second. It's very, it's, it, I, I find it's way easier to forgive those who are close to me than those who are my enemy. <laughs> it's very, very easy, to, way easier to do that. It's still hard. I'm not saying it's easy, like, easy, but it's way easier to do that, right? Yet Jesus tells us to do so because here's why. Because if you look at it this way, who did Jesus die for? The people who beat him, the people who mocked him, hung him up on that cross. He died for them, too. He also... And if he can die for those people and still saving those people, you know, it would have been easier if Jesus was like, no, I'm just dying for my disciples and the people who said yes to me. No, he's dying for everyone. And if he can do that, how much more can we do that? How much more should we do that? Because we're not talking about people who have hanging us on the cross and mocking us, right? We're talking about people who are enemies that might have said things that really hurt you. And it's, it's really real stuff. But Jesus is a great example of how we should be treating people in that area. And not just your own people group, right? The, the, like the, the pagans do that. The, the tax collectors do that. It's easy to, you know, all of you in here, it would be way more easy if I just went, oh, I'm sorry if I, I said that and I really offended you. I'm sorry I said that I really offended you. But what about the people who I'm not in association with? That's really hard to have different opinions than me. That's when it gets hard. But Jesus is saying, no, that's what we need to do. As Christians, that is what we're called to do. And since we are truly forgiven then we ex- choose to s- extend that grace even to our enemies. Not because they deserve it, right? Or not even because they really want it. This, this is not even actually about that person, right? It's not even about that person. It's all about us. Because it comes from a life that has been transformed and forgiven by Jesus. It comes from a place that, uh, that we're humbly in our spirit, knowing that God first saved us, And forgiven us so we can extend that same grace to those around us. You know, and and Pastor Dan told me this. He's like, the things that your enemies say or do don't define you. They don't define you. We do forgive them because of what they do. We don't do it. Wait, wait. We don't. We do not forgive them because of even what they do, but because Christ in me. That is why we forgive them and the spirit of Christ that lives in us. That is why we choose to love our enemies. It's not about them because we have been transformed and because we want to reflect Jesus. And we're reflecting Jesus, we're going to love our enemies. I don't even, it doesn't even matter if they want it or what they do, what they say. It's about because I know Christ. That is why I forgive them, because I am alive. I am a new way to be human. That is why. I am. That's why I'm forgiving them. But then he says this, and we're going to talk about prayer. He says, then we should pray for them. This is very hard to do. And I'm not saying, like, pray for them. I hope you change that person. Like, you yeah, gotta pray that prayer like, ugh, man, that person, you just change them? They were really messed up? Lord, would you stop having them say those things or do those things or would you make them believe this way because this way is correct? But it can be hard to say anything encouraging about that person because you want the best for them. You want them to know Jesus. But yet, when you actually pray for those people, what happens? You, you feel your heart sort of change for that person. You start to have compassion and feeling of how you've been forgiven so you can forgive. And how that person, the root of why they're doing those things, it's like, Lord, like, they must be so broken. Lord, would you show them your grace? Would you show them your blessing? Would you bless them? And these are people that have hurt you, but yet we choose to pray for them. So earlier we talked about Yom Kippur, uh, and there's a custom that they even still do to this day, which I, when I was looking at it, I was like, this is really cool, is the day before, represents the person's last opportunity to seek forgiveness from other people before it begins. This is important because in Jewish thought, we must seek forgiveness from other people before they can seek the forgiveness of God. And today we are called to do the same. Jesus pointed out that in the order to worship him with all of our heart, we first need to resolve matters with others. Matthew five twenty three twenty four 24 says, If you bring your gift to the altar... And there, remember, your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, reconcile to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. God cares deeply about our relationship with those around us. He cares so deeply. He wants us to worship. Our worship to come from a spirit of forgiveness, both for ourselves and then for those around us. So, life spring. Here are the questions. You, I want you to ask yourself: Am I up to date on my forgiving? Right? <laughs> am, I, am I forgiving? And I might mean like a checklist, but you know, are you, when's the last time like you've confronted it? Because this week when I was studying, I'm looking back at it and I'm like, a lot of times I just leave it and then I let it just simmer. And it's good to just even keep a check, like, Lord, who, who do I have bitterness towards? Show, show me. Um, am I holding a grudge against anyone? Do I harbor any bitterness against a person? Am I talking too much about what others have done to me? Have I forgiven the closest to me who've hurt me so deeply? And am I loving my enemy? Those are the questions to ask yourself. And these are tough questions. And maybe the people on your, in your mind right now, as I'm saying that, you're like, oh, I forgave them. I said I forgive you. But in, instead of that forgiveness coming from a change in your heart, instead it's coming out of just gritting your teeth and saying I forgive you because it's the right thing to do. May there are people here who you're holding a grudge against for something they believe or said to you. Or maybe someone in here you know has a grudge against you. Jesus is calling us and challenging us today, just like he's challenging me. We are called to forgive as we have been forgiven. Just recently, um, the Lord... I. The, so, the, someone in my really, really good friends and, 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 and I kept getting bitter of things that were being said, but I never confronted it. I was like, oh, that really bugs me. That really bugs me that that was said. That really bugs me that, that was said. And I was letting it get to me. And it was just bitterness growing up in my heart. And I remember the Lord saying to me, like, you're not only letting that affect your relationship with that person, but you're letting it affect that, your relationship with me. It's like, you, you, need, to, you need to talk about it. So we went to that person and we talked. It was like, hey, that really hurt. And, that really, and most of the time it comes up with like, oh, I didn't mean it that way. It was miscommunication, right? What? But I came away so encouraged. I came away full of like, Christ, wow, like our relationship was restored because I chose to confront my bitterness and forgive that person because I chose to take that step because I didn't want to affect my relationship with that person or with Christ. LifeSpring, when you choose to forgive others and let Christ work in it, it's life changing. Who this week do you need to walk out forgiveness with? Who? Who in your life do you need to walk that out? Worship team, can you, can you come on up? I think it's beautiful today we actually get to take communion. And just like we talked about in the first half of this message, we get to remember what Christ has done for us. Remember that he shed his blood and broke his body for you, for me, for those who were his enemy. In order for our debts to be forgiven. That if we repent and believe that we are forgiven. Just like Isaiah 1.18 and it said, our blood was like crimson, now it's white. It's made clean. It's washed away by what Jesus did for us. We have the opportunity this morning to remember how lost we are without the sacrifice that Christ has made for us. And during this time, I want to reflect on those things. What does it mean for the body of Christ to be broken for you? What does it mean for the blood of Christ to be shed for you? Maybe this time, it's a time you need to repent before the Lord. Maybe even walk walking your own way. Maybe it's time to repent and run back. Lord, I know I'm broken, I know I'm lost, but I know you promise. You promise that if I repent and I turn back to you and I have faith in you, Jesus, that I am made clean. I am forgiven of my debts. Maybe it's time you need to fix your eyes on Jesus again and say how thankful for what he's done. Maybe you lost sight of how broken you were. You let a pride rise up in you. Maybe this morning you need to say, no, Lord, I am broken. I have messed up and I'm just so thankful for what you've done through your blood and through your body broken for me. And maybe there are people in here who never have given their life to Jesus before. Maybe it's never been truly a moment where you've said, okay, I fully surrender to you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. And this morning it's a great time for the first time to say, no, Lord, I'm choosing. I'm choosing to walk in forgiveness, that my debts are repaid. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the next minute or so. And I just want you to spend time with you and the Lord. And just whatever he's speaking, whatever you need to do, and just meditate on we're about to take communion. Meditate, do I need to repent? What do I need to do, Lord? Lord or just thankfulness. Lord, What we're so thankful for you. So would you spend that minute just silence before Lord. took bread, and when he gave it to them, he said, give thanks, and he broke it, saying, take, eat, this is my body. Would you take the body of Christ? a cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink from it all of you this is my blood of my covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins take the blood of christ Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> so powerful. Thank you. I'm just overwhelmed by what you've done. I'm overwhelmed Lord, by how much you've done for me. I'm overwhelmed by how you could even forgive me. I'm overwhelmed by how your blood and your body is broken for me and for everyone out there. Lord, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, ca- I'm in your presence, Lord. I'm caught up in your presence. I don't want to leave. Jesus, you you're everything. You're everything to me. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my, I repent right now. I repent of what I've done. I repent of everything at my, where my heart is not fixed on you. Lord, would you turn it back? Would you turn it back to you, Lord? Lord, would you teach me? Teach me how to forgive those around me. If you first poured your grace out on me, I want to extend that to others around me. Lord, show me. Show me who. Show me who you have in my mind. Show me who you need me to extend this grace to. Who am I bitter towards? Thank you, Lord. So powerful. So powerful. So as we close, and after we just had a posture of acknowledgement of our need for Jesus and how thankful we are, during this closing song, I encourage you, I encourage you to remember you are free. You are free. Yes, we acknowledge we are broken, but you are free in Christ. But also, I want you to ask yourself these questions again. Am I up to date on forgiving? Am I holding a grudge against anyone? Am I harboring bitterness against a person? Am I talking too much about what that person has done to me? Have I forgiven those closest to me that have hurt me so deeply? And am I loving my enemy? If you're taking notes, I encourage you right now, if you're on your phone or if you have a note, would you write down that name? If the Lord's giving you a name, would you write it down? It's not for me. But it's for you to remember what is the Lord, who is the Lord speaking to me. So this week you can go up and you can act that out, walk in the spirit of forgiveness that Christ first forgave us. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for the ult- you're the ultimate sacrifice. Lord, I thank you for sacrificing yourself for us. Lord, I thank you that we were so broken, but you've made us clean. Thank you, Lord. I am so thankful this morning just to fix my eyes on you again. Lord, would you show us how to forgive those around us? Would you show us how to, if we have any bitterness, would you show us how to walk that out? And not just a grit your teeth response, but Lord, we need a heart change. We need to change our heart. Lord, we don't want to just go through the motions anymore. Lord, we want to go all in for you. Lord, would you would you speak? Would you speak to us? Lord, as we worship, as we stand and worship this next song, Lord, we walk in a freedom that we are forgiven. We are free. We are set free in you, Jesus, that nothing can be condemned. As we repent any of our sins, we turn to you and say, Jesus, we are whole in you. You are our Father. We love you, Jesus. There is no one above you. There is no one greater than you. Thank you, Lord. That is what we say this morning. Thank you, Lord. So as we worship, Lord, would you all stand with me as we close and say we are free.